This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate, so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K through 12th grade curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. If you want to bring IXL to your school, you can learn more at IXL.com backslash B-E. That's IXL.com backslash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, activity periods, RTI, therapy, and teacher appointments, and much more. With its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com backslash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com backslash BE. This is Dr. Karen, and this is the Are They 18 Yet podcast, where I help parents raise independent, self-sufficient kids without sacrificing their own identity and sense of purpose. I'm here to share practical day-to-day solutions for raising kind, successful, well-adjusted human beings, and actionable advice for supporting systemic changes so we can make this world a more inclusive, accepting place now and for future generations. everybody, it's Dr. Karen, and welcome to episode 67 of the Are They 18 Yet podcast. In this episode, I am going to share a Facebook Live I did recently in the Effective Language Therapy for SLPs Facebook group. Um, I will actually link to that Facebook group in the show notes. This is actually a group that I started And the purpose of the group was just to give SLPs a place to go for some resources for language therapy. And I do share some regular tips in there and information about some of the frameworks that I teach. So if you're an SLP or a related professional or somebody who is supporting K-12 kids, you're welcome to check it out. It is for SLPs, but if you're not an SLP and you're in a related profession, then you're definitely welcome to join us and check it out. But I recently did some live sessions in the group because I wanted to to share a couple things uh, for the people who are interested in joining Language Therapy Advanced Foundations, my signature course, because I am doing some special Q&A sessions in July. And so for people who are interested in joining, this is definitely a good time to do that because I am going to be doing some extra sessions and I'm going to be opening up my calendar for some one-on-one consults for members, which is something that I don't normally do. But because it's July, people have a little bit more time and flexibility during the day because people are not in school. I decided to do that for the members. So 
In this live session, I share the information that I, it's similar to what I offer in one of my free webinars that I have been sharing on the show. And I wanted to do it in kind of an abbreviated form because I know that sometimes people want want the short version and want just to get an idea of the framework. This is also the framework that I teach in Language Therapy Advanced Foundations, my program for SLPs that helps them to create a system for language therapy. So in this specific episode, I talk about vocabulary and what it actually means and how we define it. And the reason being is because I have a framework that I teach SLPs who want a place to start in language therapy, who aren't really sure how to start tackling this massive area. Because when we're thinking about language, there's a lot of different things you could be focusing on. There is high-level comprehension, there's literacy, there's all these discrete language skills, there is executive functioning. And a lot of the people who come to me for help wanna know, where do I start? And so we need kind of an entry point in a framework to start with so that we can start designing that system, and then build from there. So a lot of people want a curriculum and something that's kind of scripted. But the problem with that, if you are a professional who is working with kids who are struggling, those kids, they're in the general education curriculum. The idea of a curriculum isn't working for them. They need something that's a little bit more customized. So if you are going to use something that's kind of scripted, then it's not going to work for them because it's already not working for them. It's it's obviously too rigid. It needs to be a little bit more specific. A lot of times with the curriculum, what happens is that kids in order to be successful, they need to be able to go at a certain pace and they need to learn a lot of language skills and they need to rely on that implicit learning. And some kids need things to be broken down and they need it to be a little bit more direct. And so when you have something that's kind of moving along at a certain pace and kids need you to spend more time teaching some of those skills directly, well, then they end up kind of falling through the cracks. And then what happens is that you're working on those really important comprehension strategies that kids need in order to be able to have functional application of skills. But when kids aren't making progress, a lot of times it's because they don't have those underlying language skills that they need in order to succeed. And so what I teach people how to do is to build those skills and build them in a way that it's going to pull in some of those high level skills and support them when we eventually get to the point that we do want to work directly on those. And the other thing that I that I think about when I am mentoring professionals is that we want to think about all the skills that kids know how to do. And we also want to think about the skills that kids need in order to be successful, some of the skills that they don't have yet. And so when we are professionals trying to think about what do I do to help this child, a lot of times people want to know what goals do I write? You know, what, where do I start in therapy? What is my role specifically? Because I'm, you know, if you're an SLP or a teacher, who's supposed to do what? Well, A lot of times it's hard for me to make recommendations for that person without knowing the context and without knowing what skills other people are working on. So a lot of times when I make recommendations and I say, the SLP should be working on this, well, a lot of times we have to use some kind of a system or a framework to help make decisions, but it is very context dependent because a lot of times what I might recommend for one person 
is different from another person because maybe they have different people who are on a team who are working on some of the skills that they might not be able to get to and all of those things. But the reason that I focus so heavily on vocabulary is because it has such an impact on academic skills. And when we think about vocabulary, it's actually a lot more expansive than people think. So when I say I'm building vocabulary skills, and that's what I recommend, I'm not just talking about whether kids can name and identify words. I'm talking about much more than that, and I'm talking about much more functional application than that. And so in this episode, I wanted to talk about what I actually mean when I say we should be working on kids' vocabulary, because a lot of times it has to do with the what. So what skills do we think we're actually working on when we're building word knowledge? And how are we actually doing that? Because what we want to do is that we don't just want to teach kids words. We want to teach them strategies that help them think about language and learning differently so that when they come to an unfamiliar word, they are more aware of the different features of the word. They're more aware of how language works so that they can start to apply some strategies to be able to actually learn words independently. So that's what we actually want to do. That's what's going to help build those higher level skills. And so in this live, I talk about the components of the framework that I teach, specifically when it comes to defining what I mean when I say you should be focusing on vocabulary and therapy, and that should be your main area of focus. I want to talk about what all I actually mean, because it's way more than just naming and identifying words. This is the way that we're actually going to help kids to build the language skills that they need in order to succeed in school and to be able to support those other skills that they're doing. So I wanted to dive into that in this episode. Again, I do mention Language Therapy Advanced Foundations because this is the framework that I teach in that program. If you want more information about that, if you are an SLP and you want a better system for language therapy, you want to know where to start, you want to get on the right track so that you can support your students' language and literacy skills in a way that is evidence-based, then definitely check out the enrollment page. You can go to Dr. Karen speech.com backslash language therapy. Again, that's drkarenspeech.com backslash language therapy. So now I will share my Facebook Live that I did where I talked about what vocabulary is and why it is so important. All right, I think we are live. So I wanted to hop in and answer some questions about uh, about language therapy that I get quite often. Um, pretty much the usual thing that people ask me is, where do I start? And a lot of times when I tell them my recommendations, they have questions about, about why I answer the question the way that I do. So typically speaking, the way that I mentor SLPs in the framework that I teach uh, in order to help help SLPs streamline their language therapy so that they can address things like processing that impact students' ability to perform in school, whether it be reading comprehension, writing, all the things that come up when a student is typically referred for for language therapy or for an evaluation. Typically where I recommend that if, if you are an SLP, especially if you're in the schools and if you are someone who works with kindergarten through 12th grade. If you're working with that age group and you want to figure out how to prioritize what you do in therapy, especially if you need to have an academic focus, 
then I recommend making vocabulary your your main area of focus and having that be kind of this overarching umbrella as what you are aiming to do in therapy is improve your students' vocabulary. So I wanted to clarify, though, what I actually mean when I say that we're working on vocabulary and that that's what we're building, because I think that a lot of times it's easy to misinterpret what that means and and think that it's a lot narrower than it actually is. So a lot of times when we think about vocabulary, people sometimes think about things that are measured by some some of the basic tests like the, the Peabody, the expressive vocabulary test, where you're just simply naming and identifying words, which yes, that's one specific skill that could give you an indicator of someone's vocabulary is can they name something and can they identify it? But it's just a very, very small window of what that actually means and and what we're actually looking at when we are thinking about vocabulary. So that is very narrow and that is not what I'm, that by by no means can cover all of the different skills that we need to address. When I'm talking about vocabulary, I'm actually talking about five different things that can impact your word knowledge because I'm not just talking about naming and identifying words. I'm talking about functional application of language across a number of different settings. And so what we want to do when we're focusing on this is not only build word knowledge, but we want to build use of words and language and we want to do it in a way that's going to support other skills um, like high level comprehension and executive functioning and all the other skills that kids need in order to have good problem solving skills and and just functional skills. So there are five key skills that I teach in my, my signature course, Language Therapy Advanced Foundation. So five key areas that I recommend SLPs focus on. And the way that I the way that I uh, create this system or the way that I structure it is that there is one big window or not window, but one big umbrella of vocabulary. And there are five pieces that fit under it that are kind of like um, these linguistic components that they're all impacting vocabulary. So they all impact each other. They all impact vocabulary. Those five linguistic components or are phonology, orthography, morphology, semantics, and syntax. And so I'm going to go through those really quickly and talk about um, why they relate to word knowledge. And then um, I'm going to talk a little bit about just conceptually what we're doing and why this is so important, why this is something that's going to build skills that you might need to address later on. So when we're talking about uh, the first one, so phonology, I'm not just talking about uh, just being able to pronounce words. I'm also talking about having a good phonological representation of a word. So that means being able to recognize a word when we hear all of the sounds together. And um, we, we typically would be able to recognize the sequence of sounds that's being said and recognize that that's a word and give it meaning. So we do need to have a good phonological representation of a word in order to be able to say it and use it. If we can't say the word, we're probably not going to use it. And, and we also know that, that phonemes are meaningful linguistic units. If you change the sound in a word, you could change its meaning. So that is part of what we need to know in order to have solid vocabulary knowledge, we need to have that phonological representation. And then, as you may also know, we also need to have that phonological awareness to build literacy skills. So that does impact vocabulary. That is part of vocabulary. It's not just about 
pronunciation and being able to actually say the word, it's, it also builds word knowledge. The other, uh, the next linguistic component is orthography. So knowing, part of knowing a word is knowing how it looks in print. Um, this is kind of falls under the window of what we would typically consider to be a sight word. Sight words are really misunderstood often. And a lot of times people think that when you recognize a sight word, you've memorized it. But really what's happening is that you are associating a lot of different pieces of information at once. So for example, if I see the word bat, for example, I see B-A-T on the page, I know that the letters B-A-T stand for something. They represent something that could be said by, by saying the phonemes B-A-T. So I would associate that with the sounds. I'd also start to think about things in my head. I might um, think about different meanings for that word. And I would think about the semantic information. I would think about what it looks like and what you would do with it. And I would know that there might be multiple meanings for that word. I might think of the animal. I might think of the piece of sports equipment. So as I'm recognizing that word in print, I'm not just understanding what I am seeing, um, but I'm also associating a lot of things at once. So there's a lot of things going on. But in order to be able to make all those associations, I need to recognize the word quickly. So when we are able to recognize the word quickly, we are looking at the word and we know that those symbols mean something. We are able to associate those sounds that we sync with together in order to say that word. And so when we're able to do it automatically like that without having to, quote, sound it out, then we've developed that mental orthographic image. So that is part of vocabulary. And to add to that, there are a lot of things relating to spelling that do impact the meaning of a word. Um, spellings can change the meaning of a word. If you've got words that might be spelled differently, but they might they might sound the same, but be spelled differently, like the words steak and steak. So as in steak, you know, like a, a piece of meat or steak as in the steak that you put in the ground, for example. So spelling can impact meaning. And we're also talking about orthography when we're talking about word parts and prefixes and suffixes and how those things go together. So that all fits together and that's all necessary. That all builds our word knowledge. So when we are building vocabulary, we're not just talking about what words mean. We are we want to be drawing awareness to those types of things so that kids can pay attention to those rules and build that metalinguistic awareness skills. So when we're talking about orthography, we are we want to use strategies that are going to help kids to look at words differently and think about words and build those connections. The next area that we want to think about is morphology, which is heavily tied to phonology and orthography. You'll notice that when I am talking about these five components, they there's a lot of overlap here. So for example, when you're thinking about morphology, you're thinking about the word parts, like the prefixes and the suffixes, um, grammatical markers, um, the roots, the bases, all of those things. So we want to think about those pieces of words. Of course, when we do that, we can think about how those pieces are spelled. We can also think about how we would pronounce them. So we're tying in orthography and phonology. But the point is, is that 
when we're building vocabulary, we're building the skills that help kids to be aware of those word parts. That's something that's going to be really important to spelling, but also those word parts have meaning. So that also builds vocabulary. So those things are gonna be really important to not just building those skills that kids need in order to be able to decode words very quickly, um, but also to be able to have that comprehension of what they're reading. And so the way that we build vocabulary with these specific components is that we want to teach kids to pay attention to these word parts and then also to associate some kind of meaning to it so that they can start to get a picture. We want kids to be able to see words and start to create the picture in their mind of all those different associations that are that go with that word. So those are the those are the first three things. So we have phonology, orthography, and morphology. And then the next one I want to talk about is semantics. So we also want to be studying semantics with our students. Again, when we're talking about semantics, um, we're talking about semantic features. So those are the pieces of information associated with a word that help us to understand its meaning. So this is what helps us to get that picture in our head of what a word means. And this could be things like the category of a word, things that we might associate with that word. Um, if you're talking about a noun, you might be talking about physical attributes. Um, if you are talking about a verb, you might be um, visualizing someone doing that, that action, or we could be talking about synonyms and antonyms that are other words that mean the same thing that might be associated with that word. And so, when we're talking about this, we are, again, building that metalinguistic awareness. We're, we're helping kids to have vivid understandings of words. And so when we study all of these things, what we're doing is that we're not just helping kids to build their word knowledge, but we're doing it in a way that's going to help them think about language differently so that when they encounter unfamiliar words, they can start to engage in some problem solving and self-directed talk and visualization so that they are able to use the language that they have to learn new words. Because ultimately what we want to do is when we're building vocabulary, we do want to be mindful of the, what, the words that we study with our students. But when we study those words, we also want to do it in a way that's going to help them take what we've learned and apply it to other new words that they encounter. Because this is what's really going to help us get more mileage of our therapy. We don't just want to teach kids the words. We want to use those word learning strategies that we're teaching kids as we're studying those words to help them apply that to other words that they may encounter. The final strategy or the, uh, the final linguistic component that I want to talk about is syntax. So again, if no one will be able to use a word if they can't say it in a sentence. And so vocabulary is not just about what words mean, it's about what words do. So that means that we need to understand sentence structure. Syntax can be a huge factor. It can really impact comprehension. And many times kids will not have high level comprehension at the paragraph level when they're reading, for example, if they don't have good comprehension at the sentence level. So it is really important for kids to learn how to structure a sentence. And the way that we do that is we need to teach them about function words. So that's how syntax fits into vocabulary. We need to give them that structure 
And that's what's going to help them to build those language skills that is going to help them build that high level comprehension. And many times you can focus on a couple key sentence types that really help kids to give a, uh, to start create uh, creating those longer sentences, also to be able to understand complex sentences, which is really going to increase their comprehension, and also what's going to help them to be more aware of other sentence types. And you don't necessarily have to teach every grammatical structure that kids don't know if we teach the right skills. Ultimately, we want to give them enough structure so that they can have more experience with language, because if you have students who are not able to comprehend what they read, then they're not going to be reading as much. They're not going to have as much exposure to language. It's going to limit what they're able to learn. Whereas if we can give them a couple key skills that are going to help build their comprehension, they can have that exposure. So really what we want to do is not necessarily try to teach kids every single skill that they can't do. We want to go after those high mileage skills that are going to help build those other skills further down the line. So to review, When I recommend for SLPs, where do you start when it comes to language therapy? I say that we want to start with vocabulary, but when I'm talking about vocabulary, I'm not just talking about just naming and identifying words. I'm talking about these five linguistic components that are going to build that metacognitive awareness and support that comprehension and also support reading and literacy. And again, those five skills were phonology, orthography, morphology, semantics, and syntax. So this is exactly what I teach in my signature course for SLPs, Language Therapy Advanced Foundations. And in that course, I go into each of these specific areas and I teach you a handful of strategies that are gonna help build these skills. So that all you need to do as a therapist is learn what these strategies are And then what you're going to do is you're going to be able to apply this framework to your K-12 caseload. And yes, it does work all the way from kindergarten up through 12th grade. The way that you can modify it is that you can simply make the content easier or harder depending on your student's age and ability level. So it is easy to customize for kids across the grade levels. And the way that we do that is we're just going to keep cycling through these these core strategies and we're going to customize them and scaffold based on where our students are. So that's how you can make it work across that entire age range. And I've used this framework from students in early elementary school all the way through high school. And I also have other SLPs in the program using it across that age range as well. It's just, you want to learn the core framework and the core strategies, and then you learn to customize it along the way to make it applicable to your caseload. So that's how it works. And I am actually doing some special extra Q and A's for my members in Language Therapy Advanced Foundations in July. And I'm also opening up my calendar to do some one-on-one consults for members in July as well. Um, that's an add-on that I don't normally offer for members, but I am offering it in July just because I know that this is the month when a lot of people uh, sometimes like to catch up on their continuing education. So I'm doing something special for the members in July. And again, I um, there are the course modules that will walk you through all of the strategies. And then I also have the members group where I answer questions. And so that's where this extra stuff is going to be happening in July. So if you are an SLP and you have been kind of lurking and 
curious about the program and if you want a better way to do language therapy, if you've been wondering where to start, maybe if you're a newer SLP and you just want to hit the ground running and have a good process for language therapy, or maybe if you've been an SLP for a while and this is just that one area where you feel like you've never had a really good system, then I definitely invite you to join us in Language Therapy Advanced Foundations. So I am going to leave a link to the program and uh, below this video. So you can just click on it and check it out. Again, if you have been kind of wanting to check it out, now is a great time because I am going to be doing some extra Q&As in July. So uh, to go check that out, just uh, click, the, click the link below. And thank you so much for checking out the live. up, I wanted to share again, if you haven't joined me yet in the Effective Language Therapy for SLPs Facebook group, definitely check out the show notes to get the link to join the group. Again, I created this group to have a place to share some resources for language therapy if you are an SLP or a related professional. And if you want to learn more about how to support kids' language and literacy skills. And then finally, I wanted to remind you that if you are an SLP and you're looking for a framework for language therapy that helps you to support students' language and literacy skills in an evidence-based way, and that helps you to streamline what you're doing so that you know that you are spending your therapy time wisely so you can help students move forward and thrive in school, then definitely check out Language Therapy Advanced Foundations. Again, this month I'm doing some special Q&As, so if you have been lurking and interested in the program and haven't taken the leap yet, now is a great time to join. Just go to Dr. Karen's speech.com backslash language therapy for more information. Again, that's drkarenspeech.com backslash language therapy. So thank you so much for listening. Again, if you found this information helpful, remember it always helps us to get this information into the hands of people who need it if you share the episode. So definitely share this with any of your colleagues or friends who you think would benefit from the information. And if you enjoyed the show, then definitely hop over to Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave us a review and let us know what you think of the show. For now, I'll wrap up, but I will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, 
improve students' performance on state assessments without just teaching to the test, you can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com backslash BE to learn how IXL's research-based teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com backslash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into the master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com backslash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com backslash BE.